It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it feels kind of funny today, if I'm honest. I, uh, If you were listening about 45 minutes ago, we had on the program Congressman Rob Bishop. The reason we had him on was twofold. First, it was to explain why he was unable to vote on the NDAA, a piece of legislation, a defense spending bill, which he has worked on uh, so very hard for, for many, many years. And this his last year as a member of Congress. He uh, you know, he worked particularly hard to leave behind a legacy of, uh, you know, protection for Utah's Hill Air Force Base and for the, you know, the American military in general. But uh, unfortunately, uh, it was late Monday night or early Tuesday morning. Uh, he suffered a stroke and he is currently hospitalized at George Washington University Hospital in Washington, D.C., uh, though the prognosis is good and his condition is strong. He, from his hospital room, joined us on the program today to talk about uh, his circumstance, let everyone know that he's doing well, and also explain why it was he wasn't able to cast his vote in favor of that important piece of legislation. Anyway, if you'd like to go back and hear that conversation, you can do so on the KSL News Radio app. You download that uh, either on your iPhone, on your Android, wherever you get apps, but it's the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services. I'd invite you to go back and listen to that conversation with Congressman Bishop from a hospital room in Washington, D.C. at George Washington University Hospital. Anyway, uh, moving on, I, I want to talk uh, next about uh, a beautiful act of generosity. You have come to know uh, Jenny Taylor over the past uh, few years. Uh, unfortunately, the reason uh, you have come to know her is that she lost her husband. She lost her husband as he was uh, serving as a member of the Utah Army National Guard in Afghanistan. He uh, lost his life in an insider attack. Well, uh, before he lost his life, he and his bride, Jenny, and their seven children, uh, they purchased a, a new home. And they made that choice uh, because the home was on a piece of land that was sufficiently large so that uh, Major Taylor's dream of, uh, <laughs> of maintaining a small farm uh, could be carried out. And, well, uh, since he has lost his life, he is no longer with the family. The task of keeping that farm up uh, has proven to be a difficult one. But there is a group, Stratton and Bratt, a landscaping firm here in the state of Utah. Uh, they've said, hey, you know, we'll help out there. We, we can take care of that. And so for the next few days, uh, there will be some wonderfully generous folks in the backyard of the, uh, of the Taylor home getting that farm up into working order. Uh, joining me on the na- on the line now, uh, both Jenny Taylor and also Zach Stratton, CEO of Stratton and Bratt. Uh, Ms. Taylor, how are you? I am great, Lee. It's always good to talk with you. Yeah. Hey, t- tell me about this farm you guys have out back. So we call it the mini farm, and anybody who's really a farmer will laugh because it's it's not like acres and acres, but it's an acre and a half in the middle of the neighborhood full of quarter acre lots. So it feels like a lot of land. Yeah. 
The house, of course, takes up a piece of it. And the rest of it right now, I hate to admit, is a lot of weeds. The kids and I tried really hard this year. We rented a tractor. We got it tilled. We got it planted. We did really well that far. And then just realized we were in over our heads with trying to figure out irrigation and trying to figure out um, fertilizing and just what to plant where I am not farmer in the family that of course was my husband and he he joked he called himself a mini farmer he wasn't a gardener he was a mini farm ah, so we affectionately <laughs> call it the major's mini farm and you know when we bought this house it it really was for the land it was not just because brent liked working in the garden as a hobby but he loved the lessons you can learn working the law of the harvest teaching kids to get a shovel and go work in the dirt. And that if you don't pull those weeds, you're not going to have the fruit or the vegetable at the end of the season. Just so many life lessons as a parent that would be wonderfully illustrated through this mini farm of ours. We've got great pictures of our little kids, you know, very young with him when they were out there, either shoveling the dirt out of the back of the truck or glaring at him while they had to clean out the chicken coop. (laughs) Um, Our teenage daughter has never been a fan of the mini farm. So, but it's, it's this beautiful piece of land that was, you know, for one, to be productive for our family to, to grow food. More than anything, we bought it as an intentional parenting tool. Which yeah. And again, just the natural consequences that come along with the garden and the law of the heart. It's a, it's a great little piece of land. It's my hometown of North Augusta. And, you know, it's, it's our home. But I'll admit it, it's very overwhelming. Um, the year Brent was deployed, we did not do well keeping up on it. And I felt terribly because I watched his beautiful garden turn into just weeds after weeds. Uh, the next year, of course, he, he was dead. And the kids and I could absolutely not keep up on it. That first year, 2019, is just a blur. I, I don't know how we even got through it. It's all a blur looking back. But this year was 2020. And like so many of us in January, I had great goals and intentions and then you know 2020 flipped upside down and once again we found ourselves on the back side of a harvest season going oh my gosh we couldn't do it we couldn't keep up and so when when we were approached about the offer of some help to get the mini farm to be a little more functional and efficient I honestly thought it was going to be a couple guys with black garbage bags and rakes <laughs> and they were going to help me get the weeds up and I was grateful sure. I was like oh we got to get the rakes and can somebody teach me how to set the timer on the sprinkler, which is just a hose with a splitter with another hose to reach the back corner? Sure, sure. And I, I thought they were going to show up with some rakes and a couple garbage sacks and help me clean the place up. But, but obviously, we, they're they're far more generous than that. When when Zach Stratton, the CEO of Stratton and Brat, when he showed up, uh, and he joins us now, Zach, what what, to, what are you bringing to the table here? What's going on in the backyard of the Taylor household? Well, back in June, when I kind of, you know, I followed Jeannie on Facebook, as many of us do in the community have for quite some time. And back in June, when she put out the plea for help, you know, I saw that and I really took the opportunity upon myself. I gathered my team and I said, hey, guys, you know, a lot of these high-end residential homes that we're doing, they have an element of a, of a garden. People are really starting to get into it, kind of returning to that self-sufficiency, ag- self-sufficiency, agricultural roots, whatever, what have you. And I said, we can do, we can do a lot better we can we can really really help out here and just create a, a a place for her family that's manageable and and maintainable so some of the elements we're going to have here in in the in the mini farm that we're going to have a big pumpkin patch big uh, corn patch we're building a bunch of grow boxes we're running irrigation to those grow boxes so everything's going to be set up on an automatic watering system have a chicken coop we're going to build a little fence around the the grow boxes because as some people know that have chickens and 
and grew up on a farm with chickens and, and vegetables. They, they, the chickens really like to peck at the, the, the best-looking vegetables. It's just amazing. Oh, yeah. um, but that's just what, it, that's what happens. So, you know, we're, we're setting up a bunch of spigots, all this stuff around there. Kind of the intent, the reason why we stepped in again was just, you know, the Taylors have given so much to the community, to the state. And with 2020 being just so, so hard on all of us, I said, guys, let's let's just get together. You know, we've had some great vendors step up, Mountainland Supply, Tri-City, Tri-City Nursery, uh, Wasatch Evergreens, really stepped up and said, hey, we can help out here too. And, you know, give back give back to a community and help um, help a, a family that has helped us all out so much. Outstanding. Uh, well, th- thank you for that. And let me just say, you know, on behalf of all of those of us who, uh, you know, who think about the Taylor family often and hold them close to our hearts, thank you for, thank you for your help in this regard. Uh, time is tight. I must say goodbye. Uh, but the, the, the reason I call attention to this story and the reason I've had these two fine folks on the air today is to highlight a spirit of generosity and giving. And while 2020 has certainly knocked us upside the head and made us really take stock of our own resources and our own abilities and what we can do for ourselves, uh, th- there really is truth in the principle that, uh, that giving that helping others, that lending aid to others and sharing the resources you have with those in need, uh, a lot of good can come from that. You yourself will feel good, and, of course, what you offer them will be of great value. Uh, Time to take a break. When we return, we're going to have a look at uh, Santa Claus. Yeah, if you remember, a few months ago we learned that Santa Claus may not be at the malls around town this year waiting for children to sit on his lap and create those photographs which are later framed and hung on the Christmas tree. Things are different this year. Because of old Aunt Rona. How are these Santa Clauses getting around that? And how are young children able to enjoy Santa Claus this year? <laughs> They're getting creative. I'll share some of their creativity with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.